When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host Rich Faye and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And by Dominic Booth. Hello. And United's long season is finally at an end. We're recording this on the Monday lunchtime after United have been knocked out of the Europa League, defeat to Seville in Cologne on Sunday night, a game which United dominated. They failed to take their chances, Seville took theirs. United knew that there was going to be no second opportunities in a one-legged tie. United are out of Europe. It's a trophyless season. But United did play well. They did finish third in the Premier League. They're back in the Champions League. Samuel, the reaction has maybe fueled some negativity amongst United fans. We'll maybe get on to how the entire season has been on a whole. But what was your immediate take from the game against Seville last night? Well, I I did think that they'd they'd go out the semi-final stage before the the whole Europa League restarted just because of how how shattered they looked towards the end of the domestic season um the the, the likelihood of an elimination in the, the last four as well given that it was going to be um, severe or, or wolves um or Roma or Olympiacos and when it was narrowed down to severe or wolves that they were clearly the two toughest um teams they could have come up against but I didn't expect them to to go out the way they did because the, as you said they they did play well they made fast starts in in both halves um I mean the this the, the the start of the second half, those first ten minutes, it was it was surreal because United were playing as though it was the last ten minutes. The, the amount of chances they were creating, they really did have Sevilla penned in. And when Sevilla got through that and got a bit of respite, you just sensed at the time that that passage of play was key, and you could tell the way the United um, substitutes in front of us were reacting and the staff that that was just so so critical. Um, to to the overall complexion of the game and Sevilla just as as is their want they've they've got to another Europa League final so I think the manner of it was the most deflating thing for United in that it wasn't like they went out on a whimper like in um, the FA Cup quarterfinals last season uh, to Wolves for instance or uh, the semi final uh, this season in the FA Cup where it was just an absolute horror show in terms of tactics and, and team selections that it was it was kind of a numbing uh, feeling in terms of uh, United going out of a competition. Competition. It, it did feel like it, it meant more, uh, even though uh, obviously th- there've not been any supporters in the stadiums, and there weren't any. Well, there were some supporters who went out to Cologne, but in the absence of fans, that there was an atmosphere there last night because Sevilla had a lot of dignitaries. Uh, again, that you know, I think they must be the Europa League's biggest fans, and, and that seemed to elicit. Uh, a more partisan um, bench from United as well. It was it was quite tribal at times. Solskjaer and Lopetegui were having a bit of a confrontation in, in the first half and Solskjaer was quite cold uh, in congratulating him at full time. Uh, there was there was nothing really to fault in terms of the way Solskjaer approached the game. I thought the, the, the biggest call was not the goalkeeper. I think it was playing Fred at the, the base of, of the midfield and 
although it wasn't really reflecting my ratings, because I think I gave Fernandez seven because you know, he scored again, which is an easy thing to do. But I thought Fred was pro- possibly United's best player and one of the most encouraging things on the night. So, it, 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 as, as Rio Fernand said, it was it, unfortunately for United, it just came down to poor finishing and poor defending. It really was as as basic as that. Yeah, it was just the basics, basically, which um, which undid United. Uh, Dominic, uh, uh, you know, lots of people sort of said that maybe the referee was questionable last night. There was an early penalty for United. Diego Carlos perhaps could have been sent off himself. But United can't really root officials, can they? Because both goals were their own undoing. The defence, which had been so solid for a, a portion of the season, it, it seems crazy just how long the season has been that you know, United had their worst start in, was it, 34 years? But then they came back, had the incredible run of clean sheets. And now we've ended the season and you're only as good as your last game. And again, there are questions being asked of United's defensive structure. Yeah, I think it's probably inevitable that there would there would be a lapse or two uh, after such a long season, like you say. And and I don't think the defence um, has too many concerns over it. Although uh, I think Brandon Williams has maybe regressed a little bit from where he was, uh, especially since the restart. Luke Shaw started the restart really well, and then obviously got injured. And I think that was a bit of a miss for United. I probably agree with most of what Samuel said about the game. I think. It was an interesting selection to pick Fred in, in the middle because I think it, it might point towards uh, what he wants to do uh, going forward. We've we've talked about whether they need a defensive midfielder or not. He, he's clearly sort of moulding Fred for that role uh, because Matic won't be able to play it every week or every game. The United are probably going to have two games uh, a week. Um, so, yeah, I think positives probably outweigh the negatives. I, I, don't, I don't think it's more disappointing because United played well. I think it's probably better for the better signs for the future that they played played so well and were were disappointed and and you know didn't not did not deserve to lose the game at all really i guess maybe that's the next point we can go on to in terms of the overreaction particularly in terms of what what means for the summer transfer window samuel do you think that maybe united's failure last night was down to fatigue rather than to the players' shortcomings. Obviously, there wasn't enough on the bench. United should have made changes sooner, regardless of whether the quality was there or not, because those players just looked drained. Um, But for you, do you think last night was maybe an overreaction to the fact that the players were just really knackered? Um, Overreaction in in the sense that well, there's been lots of sort of talk on social media Doom yeah, of, of people being writ- written off, people saying Williams isn't good enough, Lindelof's not good enough, the defence isn't good enough. Um, up front, they need another striker, they need another winger, they need an attacking midfielder. I mean, United aren't going to sign in all those positions this summer. But I personally thought that the defensive issues were just down to fatigue rather than the players maybe being bad players. It, well, it was, it was just... I said it was... Basic switching off really. The the two fullbacks were were to blame for both goals. I mean, with with Wan Bissaka, um, a friend messaged me during the game saying, "Oh, the you know the pundits on BT saying he's tired." And I was thinking, he, he has had a long season, but he does bugger all attacking that he really shouldn't be tired. I mean, they, they really do need to be shown in videos of Joshua Kimmich and Trent Alexander Arnold and saying, "Look, this is what a, a, a modern fullback actually does." He gets forward, he attacks, he's he's the main winger. And Wan-Bissaka, in fairness, was doing that just before the lockdown. But he seems to have regressed on that part. And I think with things like that, you, you've, you've got to maybe scrutinise the recruitment a bit more because they did, of course, scout 804 right-backs and they settled on the most obvious one. And the most obvious one is not the most proactive of, of attackers. And 
unfortunately for United, when we've just seen what Bayern Munich did to Barcelona, which was, you know, it, it was the kind of like, it, it was the Germany Brazil of, of club football um, in the last 10 years, I guess. But where it, where it was such a current game, United are going to be compared with that because they're the biggest club in England. Bayern Munich are the biggest club in Germany. And there's a very good chance that United could be in the same group as Bayern Munich next season as well. And when you look at the way United's fullbacks operate, you suddenly think, oh, Christ, do they, they actually need to invest in fullback as well? Um, Luke, Luke Shaw has been missed. I mean, the, the stick he was getting when he was playing, I just sometimes you know fans just stigmatise a player and that's it. And it, it was wholly unfair and they have missed him. Um, when he's fit, he starts. There's there's no there's no debate there whatsoever. But they do need a new centre-half. They do need another midfielder. Although, as Dom says, I thought, you know, it's clear that Solskjaer wants to use Fred um, a little bit like Guardiola has used Fernandinho when he was a midfielder at City, um, where even though he's a steely player, he's he's such an elegant passer of the ball and such a forward-thinking player that um, he was more attack-minded than, than defensive-minded, arguably. And if United can pull that off with Fred, then, um, you know, his 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 transfer fee is going to look even cheaper because I think he has had he's probably been one of the top five performers this season. He was he was very good in Cologne against Sevilla. Um, they do need two forwards as well. The trouble is that you know, Woodward came out with this comment in April about economic realities, and it is a fair point about the pandemic. But United have also got to deal with the football realities. Uh, they finished what thirty odd points behind Liverpool. They finished about 15 points behind Manchester City this season. They are going to have to invest seriously if they want to start moving up the table. Um, finishing third and not getting it, not winning a trophy and losing three semi-finals does not constitute a successful season. They did the bare minimum of qualifying for the Champions League through the Premier League, which everybody expected them to do because of the investment in the summer and also uh, because of the state the other clubs were in. There was rancor going on at Tottenham with Pochettino at the start of the season. Chelsea had a transfer ban to contend with. Arsenal were Arsenal. They were an absolute irrelevance uh, while Unai Emery was there in the Premier League. So they should have been finishing third or fourth, and they've done that. Now they've got to the point where, in terms of the transfer window, we're three weeks into a 10-week window, and Jaden Sancho has eaten up three weeks of that which is a substantial amount of time. And United operate at a one-at-a-time strategy, which is very, very dangerous, as we saw last year, because they, they got the three signings in and they ended it without uh, two, two players because they needed a midfielder and they wanted a midfielder and a forward as well, and they didn't get either of them. And it certainly cost them in the first half, first half of the season. So where Sancho is concerned I mean I really couldn't care less if they did walk away from it or not because I'm just quite bored of, of writing about him and I'm sure I'm not the only one um, on that front it's just yeah copy and paste jobs isn't it with James Sancho it's, it's no one there, there is no news that's, well, that's no, what it I is. know, I know, and and obviously there's the Dortmund press conference today about the accounts, and I mean I think I I touched upon that a couple of times over a month ago, whenever it was. Um, you know, if United pay them what they want, I'm, I've still no doubt that they would sign him, but clearly they want to do it in a very staggered way, and the accounts come into play, and blah blah blah. Um, but if they want to go, if they're going to maintain this one time thing, they can't just. You know, keep on going with Jaden Sancho until the last week of the transfer window and not strengthen anywhere else. They are going to have to 
bring more players in, but people I've spoken to at the club, they have rather dampened expectations of, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people would say four players getting in. I would be absolutely amazed if United got four players in. I just do not see that happening. I think they, it would be a minor miracle if they got three players in. Yeah, Solskjaer has always said it's going to be another gradual rebuild this summer. He's saying that as, as early as January to only expect two or three really in, in the summer. So I think fans might need to uh, temper their expectations in, in that aspect. But Dom, one way to get fans maybe back on board and back believing in Solskjaer would be to get the business done. Maybe the English, the, the, maybe the success or the lack of success for English sides in Europe this season does only highlight how poor the Premier League has been this season as well. So that third place finish, just because they finished there this season, it's still a huge task maybe to get top four next season if United aren't spending already of other teams making up the ground. But uh, I mean, Samuel said there that, you know, United could walk away from Sancho. If United were to walk away from Sancho, having wasted three weeks of the transfer window already, what do you think the priority would be? Do you think it would still be to find an alternative for him or to search for a no position in the meantime? No, I think it has to be a forward, uh, first and foremost, that United go after. And, and like we've said, that was highlighted so clearly when, you know, ra- just take Rashford, uh, you know, isolated by himself. He just he just looked like he needed to come off against Sevilla. He, he was getting frustrated. He took the ball down the ground um, when a throw was given the run wrong way he, he he was trying things and they just weren't coming off uh it was seemed strange to me that Solskjaer seemed to lose all faith that he had in Igalo I know I know Odin Igalo is not a, a world-class striker by any means but he was brought in in January at what we thought to alleviate uh, some of the, the pressure and some of the game time uh, on the forwards and it seemed just an obvious switch to make to bring Igalo on uh move Rash move Rashford off off and then move um Martial over to the left, and it was definitely worth doing. Igalo might have got a goal. He was uh, he was quite handy at finding goals when United needed them earlier in the season. So it's clear that Solskjaer needs needs a forward. I don't quite understand why United have to just focus on Jaden Sancho. Why they can't put the feelers out for for lots of other players, you know, and, and register some very serious interest because. Who would, Dom, who would you, Dom, if you couldn't get Sancho, who would you have instead of him as a right wing, just in a fantasy situation? Who would your alternative be? I, I know the hilarious messy jokes there to make, but let, let's avoid that. For well, now. he might be available, but uh, no, I, the point is that I, I'm not a transfer expert. Manchester United are. They should have numerous uh, options available to them. Um, you know, I like somebody like David Brooks at Bournemouth. I think he, he's a fine player and, and maybe available given their relegation. That's just one name. Um, I think there's there's several others out there that United have been linked with. I don't think Usman Dembele or someone like that would be available, but that's the calibre that they, they should be probably looking at. Brooks is probably a bit below that. But, yeah, you know, I, I guess it, like you said you that. Can't that just go after one player at a time, every, you know, every summer. You have to, you have to, you know, cast your net as far and wide as you can. You have to do business early and do it efficiently, like Manchester City have done in bringing in Torres and Ake. Just hanging out, hanging on about Sancho just seems it seems like it's just holding United back at the moment. Brooks yeah, I is, guess in- Brooks is a valid shout because I think just to kind of like coin a term that we use now, just in in our industry. I mean, Sancho's the headline grabber, but United need fillers as well. Just bringing him in is not going to solve an awful lot because they have got. I mean, what's their backup front for? It would be uh, James Lingard, Mata, Igalo. I mean that that is that's not good enough. And Lingard, if they get a good offer for him, they will let him go. Uh, Igalo, 
as, as Dom said, he's, he's hardly been used recently. Um, and it's almost as if because he's too immobile, he's kind of out of kilter with what they want from their front three. And it already looks excessive extending his loan until the new year. They, they might as well have just done it to the end of the season. Um, and, and someone like Brooks, who is pro- would probably be happy with um, a squad player role at the club, could, could do very well. well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, to come back from injury as well. Like you both said there as well, I guess the, the point in, in terms of that, obviously they need to get the squad depth, but in terms of if they decide not to go for Sancho, they then need to decide, do you buy a sort of stopgap short-term option like Brooks who can play next season and then go for Sancho again, or do you just rule it out and go for someone who's another... I know Solskjaer said they didn't necessarily want marquee names, but someone else who would maybe rule out a future move for Sancho. So there is a big decision to make. United, like you said, are running out of time, three weeks already gone uh, Samuel in terms of the subs last night do you have any sympathy with Solskjaer that he didn't maybe have the players to bring on or I mean, like Dom said Rashford from you know from about the hour mark looked like he wasn't up to it so surely Solskjaer should have made the subs regardless of who was on the bench I don't think it was just the hour mark that Rashford wasn't up to it I think it was it's really been since Tottenham away that he's not looked up to it um, with, with the exception of maybe Southampton at home and Palace away where he played quite well um he has been really badly out of form and his look his, his charity work everybody praised him for that and rightly so it's it's extremely commendable what he's done and he deserves all praise for that that doesn't give you Teflon status if you're underperforming like he has been um he, he should have come off a lot earlier and that's the trouble Solskjaer has it's okay if I'm taking Rashford off who do I bring on? Oh, Daniel James, who, I mean, doesn't look so much like a championship winger now. He looks more like a League One winger. Um, he, he just does not, he, he looks completely shot. Um, Jesse Lingard uh, has had the worst season of his career and you thought maybe he's, the way he played against Linz, maybe he's a more suitable option on the left than, than Daniel James at the moment. Um, I'd, have, I'd have put matter on and just tried to get some fluidity going. It, it would have obviously meant Marshall and Greenwood moving out of position and I understand there'd have been a reluctance to do that because they were goal threats it's just that they're finishing let them down but you just can't you can't persist with a player who is not performing and Rashford has has not been performing for as I said since um since football's hiatus ended so and in terms of sympathy um I don't really because as, as a fan, I think, said it on, on Twitter, you look to the bench and Matic by Mata, um, Pereira, I've probably missed someone out here. Um, those players all had their, McTominay, um, those players have all had their contracts extended on Solskjaer's watch. He signed Daniel James. Um, he moved for Regalo through his Norwegian um, networking as well. So that's an awful lot on him in terms of quality of squad depth. Um, he didn't have to have all those players uh, available to him. They could have released Matter last year. I don't think they should have at all. I'm just making that point. If he didn't want Matter, if he doesn't think he can be that much of a game changer, then he could have just let him go last season. But Matter showed in the quarterfinal that when you bring him on in certain situations, he is he, he can have an impact. And I thought he should have come on a lot earlier last night. And it's not the first game in, in recent memory where um, you've been looking at it and thinking you know, Mata should have probably come on um, but I suppose maybe the, the fact that we're looking at United's oldest outfield player as the guy to bring on to affect games it does rather highlight the problem Dom as we said uh, it does confirm that United have another trophyless season but for you how do you reflect on the entire season 
in total. Like like Samuel said, the Champions League qualification was the bare minimum. Van Gaal did it in his first season. Mourinho did it in his first season. Maybe Solskjaer's got a bit too much praise for achieving the third place finish, really. But that is a huge progress on what United did last season. They got to three semi-finals. Yes, they might have lost them all. How do you see it? Are you a pessimist or maybe a bit negative after the defeat? Uh, you know that I'm usually an optimist when it comes to these things. And I think in this case, it's fair enough because because of the profile of, of the squad and the type of football that's been played, especially since the restart, I think there's a, there's lots of cause to be positive. That front three has got, has got huge potential, uh, you know, all aged under 25. And the midfield looks, looks pretty strong. They've got five... Uh, good central uh, midfield options. The defence has been addressed and, and has been improved. Um, the goalkeeping situation is an interesting one going into next season, obviously with De Gea and Dean Henderson, but again, it's a strong area. So there's there's areas to, to really look at and, and think that this will get better for United, but you know you can't get away from the fact that this is Manchester United and that if you don't win a trophy in a season and if you don't um, even challenge for the league, then, then that's not a success. I think it's uh, progression more than anything else. Uh, you know, and Solskjaer has got to be given the chance to continue what he started purely because of the changes that he's been willing to make and the cutthroat decisions that has been made have been made at times. Really, you know, the, the number of aging players that he's managed to get rid of uh, and people who who weren't performing that he's he's been pretty brutal with. He deserves the chance to try and build on this as a as a stepping stone season to something better. Yeah, exactly. But Samuel, the expectations will only go up again next season. United have to win a trophy really next season. For you, what do you think the expectation has to be as a minimum for United next year? <sighs> well, <laughs> good question. I, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're talking about moving up the table, which they they need to look to do, they 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 just need to try and. I don't see it happening for a number of reasons, but they need to, uh, using that word David Moyes infamously used, uh, aspire to be title challenges. But this, because of the quick turnaround, um, because of their propensity not to to, to have um, you know, transfer windows that are inadequate, shall we say, I, I just don't see it. I think it's too early. And unfortunately for Solskjaer, I mean, qualifying for the Champions League meant he was out of the woods for a good while. Um, if he'd won the Europa League, then it's a successful season. The margin is that fine. If, you, if you're qualifying for the Champions League and you win a European trophy, that is a successful season. But the, the earliest United can now win a trophy is, I think, February 28th, which is the League Cup final. An awful lot of things can happen between now and then. Um, and... His 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 role might be on the line again. He might be under more pressure again. They they won four of their first fourteen league games last season, and going into that pivotal week where they were at home to Tottenham and away at City, um, he he was on the rocks at that point. But they had those two brilliant wins, and that bought him more time. So uh, I don't think that you know, as I said, he's out of the woods at the moment. But there's every possibility that his role could come under scrutiny again. Um, he seemed a lot more open about transfers last night and willing to talk about transfers because the time was appropriate and also because he knows what what is needed. He's made it very clear with his selections, with his non-selections as well, what he thinks of certain players and what he thinks of the current squad and certain excuses that United 
tend to trot out at times. They they don't really wash. I've seen. I have. I understand where they're coming from to an extent, and I think it probably is unrealistic to expect four major or four big signings in a ten-week window where there's been a global pandemic um, that has you know pretty much impinged everyone's um, freedom, unfortunately, and and sadly in in so so many cases. But United have got to be realistic about the football side of things as well. They're, they're, that's that's the flip side to the economic realities quote that that Woodward came out with. Um, and as I said, this is three weeks into a 10 week window. I, I don't think it's disingenuous to say it's disappointing that United have not signed a player yet. Um, I think like the thing with Sancho is, OK, he's the priority. Yeah. You know, make try and make him the crux of your negotiations. But there's no harm in going out there. And getting one or two in through the door quickly, like City have done. Ferran Torres and Nathan Ake were eminently attainable, and they signed them. I still think Ake wasn't as expensive as some people have made out, given everything that you take into account. It's just a case of getting the players in, getting you know the the viable players in, if you like, and then get Sancho in or try and get Sancho in. So you've at least got some incomings. You've reinforced the squad in some areas. Otherwise, what they're doing at the moment, it seems, is that it's all on Sancho and it could run on and on and on. And then they're running out of time to um, you know, flesh out the rest of the squad. That was the mistake they made in 2013 with Moyes. Moyes obviously wanted Marin Fellaini and Leighton Baines, which I didn't have a problem with. A lot of United fans did have a problem with because they were Everton players, but they had merit as transfer targets. United should have just signed those two players as soon as humanly possible, even though there'd have been fans moaning. Who cares? Um, if the manager wants them, just go out and buy them. But Moyes had it in his head that, well, I don't want to make my first signings to be old players at Everton. The fact that he even cared about that showed that he was not up to it as United manager. Um and in this case, obviously, they will have other targets. They will have other players they want to sign. They should be of the mindset that we go out there and get these other players, um, like as as we've touched upon, like someone like Brooks as as a possible player. That they'd get a lot of kudos for that, I think, because there's an, there's an acceptance that Brooks is a very good player. He's had a bad injury, but he's not a lost cause, and he he's a signing who would have merit and would have a place in this United squad. And it does mean you also marginalising one of the squad players who's not good enough. But that is another issue. They do need to get rid of a lot of players to make room for these uh, targets. Sanchez has, has, you know, they've cut the cord quickly there because they want to get Sancho in quickly. Um, but unfortunately, it's not worked out as, as they'd have hoped. And unfortunately for United, it is a bloated squad still. There are three centre-halves they want to sell. Um, so the the prospect of them signing uh, a new centre back is is very very fanciful. Yeah, of course. And uh, I, I wrote a piece on as well. If they want a new centre half, I mean, worst comes to worst, you've got Chris Smalling to bring back, haven't you? If you had to, I mean, there there are options at the squad, and there, there are obviously more glaring issues United to resolve first. So I think the the dreams of a centre back signing will have mm. to be put on hold in that aspect. But Dom, in terms of next season now, the pressure's only going to be ramped up on Solskjaer. Samuel said before there were sort of almost two stages. There was that week when they played Tottenham and City, then there was January after the defeat to Burnley. There was sort of two turning points where you thought if Solskjaer doesn't start winning games, he could be gone. And next season that pressure is only going to be amplified by the fact that he's had a year. He's had that free pass now. It really is the time for talking for him. Yeah, I think United are 
are in a much better place as a as a side than they, they were at the start of last season. And there was that false dawn, wasn't there, with the with the three nil the four nil win over Chelsea, sorry, in the opening day where everyone thought, Blimey, you know, what what a team this is. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna have a real chance. But obviously that was quickly proven wrong. I think this this time around when the season gets going, I think United will will feel confident about their their place in the in the sort of the power rankings of the Premier League. They just need they need a good start. They obviously need those signings. Um, I think two. I don't think I can't see them making any more than two signings. If Sancho could be one of them, I think that would be uh, almost ideal. So I, I think United should approach this season with with more confidence, and Solskjaer certainly should after um, some of the good things that he's done. There's going to be massive room for improvement, obviously, but um, yeah, I think it's 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 mainly an optimistic view with. A little bit of caution, like you say, if it all goes wrong early on in the season, there's huge pressure. Yeah, of course, and we'll uh, wait and see, and we'll bring you all the latest on the fixture schedule, and etc. for next season. But I think we've all earned a break from football for a bit. I'm sure you're all as worn out as the United defence were last night. United season has finally come to an end. No trophies to show for it, but certain signs of progress. But the real work starts now for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as he looks to build upon his foundations and deliver success to United next season. Samuel, Dom. Thank you very much for joining us this week on the Manchester is Red podcast. Thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, thank you as well for listening to the podcast. We will still be with you throughout the summer transfer window. We'll have weekly podcasts as a minimum. We'll bring you all the latest transfer news. Thank you very much, though, for listening once again. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And we'll see you again next time. <laughs>